Hello, my favorite Taste and Meaning listeners, and everyone's my favorite, of course. We're we'll back with yet another episode, just in time for Valentine's Day. Um, if you're looking Blech. to get, <laughs> yes, especially for me, uh, that was a, that was loud. All right, if you're looking for this perfect gift for the special somebody, check out tastingmeaning.com. <laughs> we have sales. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you, Charlie? Yikes! <laughs> Yikes, indeed. Uh, we are very close to selling out. We literally have like. Oh no, like tens of units left. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> so help us sell out and we'll be able to make our donation to be the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. It's been sitting in a bank account forever. No one's touching it. The only thing that gets touched is money going in. Nothing ever comes out. But yeah, in light of our wonderful um, pre-Valentine's episode, we want to talk about relationships today. And not relationships in the romantic sense, but relationships in the platonic sense. We want to talk about work friendships, especially the term work bestie. And I'm going to pass it on to Charlie, one of my besties, to talk about this. Good transition. <laughs> Bro, I'm good at this. <laughs> good, good, good transition. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely when it comes to Valentine's Day, I, I think everybody sees it differently. I remember growing up, it was always about like, uh, did you ever like have it where back in like, elementary school they would give you those like cards yes. um that has like weird like sayings on it it has like weird pictures but like, then, like how it get... is with the heart candies yeah like, you get yes. it with the heart candies and stuff like yes. that like that, that was sort of like my my iconic image of valentine's growing up um and then like even now like i, I don't think i necessarily celebrate valentine's with my partner or anything like that but i kind of see it as something different now where it's okay. more of like one, I think my work has been starting to promote more instead of Valentine's Day, more of like just sort of heart, um, like caring for the heart. Like what are people doing to care for, for their heart, care for themselves, care for their um, heart health as well. So that was an interesting like perspective of it. But I think in today's talk of appetizer, it's really kind of seeing like, you know, for you all, like, have you all had an experience of like a work bestie before? Um, and I think it's appropriate that we came up with this as well, because our guest is literally, I, I would call him like my work bestie. Um, I work with him. I've worked with him in my previous job as well. Uh, I'm sure you all are very familiar with our, our upcoming guest, Darren. Um, he's Ooh, like our, our, our staple. We have him like every yeah. season, which is kind of funny. Um, but really, like I, I, I found the idea of work bestie really cool because it was it's almost like having two parts of my life, you know, the the personal life, but also like professional life, which is almost like two main parts of my life. And to have someone who I learned I can really deeply connect with, that's not family, that's not like maybe a friend that I grew up with, but someone who I connect with from a professional sense and who has seen me develop and helped me develop for a huge part of my like, you know, young um, adult life right now like that's been really impactful um, and especially like with the idea of work bestie and how it could even cross over to real life um, I remember for a while I, I would have like work folks who I would really be close to but it would just be that it would just be work but then finally like when it started crossing over to like oh like I could actually see myself hanging out with this person like outside of work and mm -hmm. we we would actually be close and keep in touch and get connected that way and so yeah, I think like being able to have that has been really a cool experience. What about you, Martine? Yeah, well, as people know, you and I used to work together. And here we are many, many years later, still tight and as great as ever. I think for a so here's my opinion on it. I think work besties are great. I definitely think a friendship that started in the workplace can definitely translate outside of that and transcend. I know a lot of my closest friends are people I either went to school with or I worked with, right? Like, and I feel like a lot of times spaces where you have to be at, you naturally just create friendships and they're going to become authentic no matter what, just because you're relating through something. Like think about our oldest friends are most likely people we went to school with or people we lived nearby, right? There's, we were in a situation or environment where we were required to be near each other and we just happened to be friends. So with that said, I know in my current, job like a lot of my friends like a lot of my coworkers there have become some really good friends and and I feel like being friendly with your coworkers is healthy because it really makes the one it makes the work environment a, a happier place to be in and two I feel like that dynamic really helps each other when it comes to work like I, I can understand working like be maybe a little difficult if you're managing someone you work directly and you have to like be like do it with an iron fist 
But if there's like a level of respect and understanding, I do think it's possible to be friends with people you manage or people you just work with directly because we're adults, right? Like there's a level of maturity and expectations there. So as long as you get through that, I do think you can have a good relationship. And I know a lot of my friends I have that I met through work. I go to concerts with them. I go out with them. I go get dinner. We go get, we just go out and hang and it's great. And like, and yeah, sometimes we talk about work, but once you get to other things like, oh, we can talk about sports. We can talk about music. We can talk about traveling. Like you, there's so much you can talk about. Like work doesn't have to be the only conversation you have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, definitely to what you were saying, like it, it definitely builds that sort of like happy environment and and, and a healthier environment too, where it, it, it isn't just solely based off of work, what we need to get done, but like all the sort of relationship, relational aspect of you know, the workplace almost kind of, at least for me, gives me more energy, gives me more just sort of like a sense of belonging and sense of connection to where like, I actually feel like I'm improving on just my quality of work too, um, because I'm not just drilled into what I need to get done. But it's like, hey, you know what, like, I get to connect with these people, I get to just enjoy them as human beings, and then being able to also have work layered on top of that. Um, Let me ask a question. So in when it comes to sort of like the work setting. Um, do you also sort of notice any either similarities or differences in, in personalities? Like kind of what I'm thinking is that like, for me, I'm, I'm very much sort of like a like an empathy, positivity type person. Um, whereas the people I'm close with, uh, yes, I tend to gravitate towards those people. But I'm also finding myself like getting connected with more people who are different qualities than me just because I feel like I'm getting challenged more by them. I'm getting to sort of see another perspective or I'm also just able to like see qualities that maybe complement how I am too. So I don't know. Um, what about just that for you? I love that question because it does make me, it does help me reflect on like what kind of personalities do I gravitate towards? I definitely gravitate towards people with similar ambitions as myself. We just keep pushing each other, right? Like, the, like in the book habits we're reading right right now you want to be in the environment that you want to like have the habits or be part of right so if you want to like go to the gym it would be really awesome if you surround yourself with other people with similar like interests because then you push each other naturally so like in the work setting and fortunately where I work everyone has a similar ambition and drive and like you have to be relatively good at your job to continue prospering so like I don't think I've met anyone who does who doesn't who lacks that. Um, but with me, I'd definitely people who are more energetic and lively and like really passionate about what they do and doing it well. I would say that that's always been typically like the people I gravitate towards a lot in any kind of like situation. And it's not because I'm like, and I I'm also a very lazy person too. So it helps me like stay on top of my shit mm. because like if I'm surrounded by other people who don't really care as much, it might affect me and make me not care as much either. So yeah, I try to be around people that are going to like um, inspire me. Sure. sure. Is that also the case like outside of work as well? You know, that's crazy. I would say so too, because like when I was in college, I was like trying to like graduate early to save money. Right. So the people I hung up with were either people older than me who were in their final year at college or people in the same situation as me trying to graduate a year early. So like it's people who are just trying to finish, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't really hang out. And that's why I typically hang out with older people older than me as well, because it just really drives me to be my best. Like a lot mm-hmm. of my friends are not younger than me, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And if they are younger than me, then it's because they have similar interests. It's really weird. Like I've always been like, I've always been the youngest of my friend group. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think it's always been that way. But I just don't, I want to get out of, I don't want to be stuck in a funk. And I want to be around people that have like the best intentions because I mm-hmm. want to be healthy, you know? That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But if do you have any other questions or should we get ready for Darren? No, we'll save some of our questions. Yes. <laughs> All right, everyone. We're going to be back after a short break. In the meantime, check out tasteminion.com. I'll see you in a bit. We are back and joined by Darren. I'm going to pass it on to Charlie to introduce, well, reintroduce our favorite guest. I was like, do I even need to introduce like Darren? Yeah. <laughs> He's been a staple as part of every season. Like, we can't find a guest. Let's bring on Darren. Or whoa, hey, whoa, Darren. it's not that. We want to <laughs> honor Darren every season. Not that we can't find a guest. We just we want him here. He's the third <laughs> member. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
happy to be here as always, fellas. Yeah. Darren's there's like our our on-call guest. Like, hey, what's up, Darren? <laughs> but no, like I really wanted to bring him on because I know right now he's he's going through like a, a big part of his career journey of just like and, and I, the way I, I kind of like see it is like being able to bet on yourself. Like you're betting on yourself and, and you're putting yourself out there to where like this is something you're passionate about and you want to put out there for people to um utilize i would say or be able to change their perspective or be able to kind of make shifts in what they're doing so yeah let me pitch it over back over to you darren to talk about just where what have you been up to since the last time we yeah. caught up with you no no problem hey i was just thinking can i be y'all aaron Rodgers to y'all pat mcafee oh my god <laughs> <laughs> those yeah, are people yeah, i right. don't care about in at all so <laughs> i'd rather you not <laughs> wait wait okay. why why not pat mcafee like I've, I've never i don't it, it they're their vibes both aaron Rodgers and pat, pat mcafee like i just don't i don't know it feels too like frat boyish oh like, okay. i don't know it just doesn't vibe with me that opinion i understand we don't need to talk about it anymore i get it yeah now. yeah, yeah. Gosh, right there. okay all right all right cool but <laughs> if, if you, however we want to frame it otherwise yes you can be that <laughs> but yeah no i appreciate y'all having me as always but yeah what what's what have you been up to i mean um I know last time when we when we talked, you're kind of like in the early stages of being able to start your own um, business and be able to get that launched. So pick us up from there. Yeah. Um. So where I'm at since then is I pretty much have decided to go all in onto it. Um. The logistical um steps that are still required are still in place, but essentially I have fully launched D four Consulting which I would say my official launch date was April of 2022. Uh, with D4 Consulting, I tag myself as a visionary coach. Um, this is what I like to do, and I feel like I have a passion for. What a visionary coach is, is essentially helping people with their visions and apply structure to what it is that they're trying to achieve. So I do this in a various different formats. Um, I've been in the world of training as far as organizations go with different training topics along leadership categories. But this time around, what I'll say was a lot different is really trying to dive into the individual client and trying to not even trying, but really just putting myself out there to be a support to the individual that typically fall in the category of um, self-employed entrepreneurs. Um, startup companies, so still entrepreneurs trying to start a larger company, and then you still have your career changers from those individuals graduating into a leadership role, or somebody that's just looking to change and pivot all all the debt altogether. That's been my formal clientele that I've been working with, and yeah, man, it's been a blast. Um, I would say it's really truly believing in my skill set, not so much believing that I can only do it through a job, but this is truly my practice, my programs, my concepts, my lessons. And I'm just in that stage right now, just putting it out there, letting people know what I do and I'm hoping that they find some value in it. So that's where I'm at. And it's, and it's been exciting, man. You know, I had a, um, I call my first consultations insight session. So it's the free mm -hmm. 30 minute um, call that you have with myself. And it's really just asking, asking a lot of questions to allow what I believe is my power of intuition to, to, come to fruition with that individual and I find a path of how we can work together and then try to go from there, man. So I know there'll be more questions, but that's kind of it in a nutshell a little bit. That's yeah. so like, I know I'm not the most familiar with her, so I'm really happy you got a chance to like talk about it with me. And I remember you launching it last April and I, I was like, a, I love the presence and support you had from the community. Like people were resharing your post. They're like shouting you out. Like you can see that you had like this dedicated family who was there for you. Like, oh yeah, like our boy Darren is doing something. Check it out, y'all. And I fucking yeah. love that. Yeah, man, it's been real cool, man. It's really just them seeing that I've always had this talent and, you know, seeing that I'm believing in myself enough to really put myself out there. And so the support's been great for sure. Yeah, and like to dedicate yourself to something you're passionate about is like a, huge achievement in itself right like because we've been told from an early age like yeah follow your dreams but do it when quote unquote like a traditional sense like oh work for somebody else so for you to do that for yourself like as an individual knowing like this is my worth this is what i want and i'm actually doing it 
that's like legit the biggest props like i don't want to be i don't want to keep gassing you up but i i can't i can't help no, it like, gas me up man i appreciate it no it, it helps man no it really does help because it does come with its bumps and bruises and nervousness and trying to close a client follow up with a yeah. person sending proposals you know balancing work that i already have being a dad so yeah, man, it comes with its strains of like, man, it's a lot easier just to make money doing a job, but mm -hmm. is it as fulfilling as really putting myself out there and having these talks with people that like, man, that really helped and I really feel like you can help me. And that's what it's really about. So yeah, it's been cool. Yeah, and I, let, I can't... let me ask you this. Go for could, it. Could, could you have imagined yourself doing something like this? Like if I if I were to talk to you years ago, like could this been could this have been something you you could have even imagined doing? So it's, let's get deep now, man. Let's get deep. Because <laughs> I will say this. Unconsciously, yes. I feel like I've always been pulled by a voice and a vision that has told me I can do more. I feel like my path has always tried to find a way to fit it into a category of master's degree, associate director, counselor, therapist. But always there was something that was like, before keep going there's more keep keep pursuing that so yeah i could confidence wise i probably would have bullshitted you and been like oh you know i'm still trying to get my degree and stuff but there was always a voice that i had i would say as early as i would say about 13 mm. about 13 years old that's like hey man like you really know how to use your words and people seem to come to you for advice you should think about this. And it, that always just stuck with me, even back when I was playing youth football. So I, I say 13 years old because I gave a speech one time when I was in, in youth football and we're getting ready to play this team. And it's just something in me to be like, hey, let, let me say something. Let me just say something real quick. And I'm not at the time, not the most, you know, boisterous person, but there was always something in me that like, I got something to say. And it just come out, man. And, and that's, yeah, that's, Yes. So to answer your question, sure. Yes, there was always a voice in me that's like, there's more to you than just, than just finding a role. And I'm just finally stepping into it at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something I want to ask, and this probably like my business education coming to play. What would you say is like your biggest goal or goals to achieve by like the three year mark? Mm -hmm. No, it's. It's a little different for me, but to answer your question, I want to fully embrace my talent and my potential to live a path of abundance. Okay. I truly want to be able to just say, I did all the steps, I put my process in place, and I am fully comfortable with the path that I'm now on. And so in three years, I have no barriers, mm -hmm. I have no limitations mentally, and I'm just fully embracing what exactly I am and, and just take what comes with it. And that's really where I see myself. I don't have a financial goal. I know how to make money, yeah. but I don't have like, oh, by, by, by three years, I need to have had a full on um, LLC. My yeah. business needs to be generate 1.5 a year and I need to hire three or four people. Like, I think that will come, mm. but I really just want to say I wake up in three years and the only thing that I have to do is believe in this path and just move forward. Mm -hmm. I, I love that answer because I, I think that, connects a lot of what people usually see a business being like oh like the, the profit margins and whatnot versus the what it means like achieving it as an individual and like how it gives back to you like spiritually and like emotionally because like we always mm -hmm. forget that part like everyone's like oh you gotta like commit to this like hustle culture H hustle culture to like mm -hmm. and this is the only way you achieve by hitting xyz but for you it's more like this is something i want to embrace and these are my accomplishments for myself, not for anybody else. Yeah, man. No, for real, Martina. I'm just accepting the path, bro. Yeah. I'm really just accepting the path and just honoring that voice of myself and just trying to go forward with that. No, that's a good point that you bring up, actually, because I don't think that gets talked about enough. Like, you're right. It does. It is sort of portrayed as like, oh, hey, you know, if you start this business, like, especially like with social media too like you see on twitter it's like oh here's how you can start a business here how here's how you can get to x y and z amount of money or this amount of success in this short amount of time but it's never about like about the other side of it where i'm sure a lot of people who go into businesses or things that they want to start up like they have that vision their passion behind it however it, that doesn't sell it doesn't capture people's attention it is not mm -hmm. captivating whereas this is the stuff that i'd i'd rather i'm more tuned into it's like hey you know like what drives someone to really want to 
do this? What, yeah. what is someone like actually seeing themselves wanting to do and how it impacts their own life and other people's lives? And it's for you, it's not so much about the the profits or anything like that. It'll come, but all the mm-hmm. other stuff is the foundational piece. Yeah, man. And it's funny. I was listening to his podcast one time and the guy was like, if I stay at my company, my potential is like seven figures. And then he said, well, guess how much my potential would be if I uh, if I do the same exact work, but don't work with this company. And they were like, oh, exponential, blah, blah, blah. He was like, it's probably going to be less but I'm in full control of my path and that's what I want to do. So yes, this company with their, you know, their CEOs and their annual budgets and all that stuff, they can pay me more than what I can do on my own. But the point of it is that I'm in full control of my path. And that really spoke to me. Like, Mm. and that's what I want too. is just to wake up every day and be like, this is what it is. What the dollar amount at the end of it it, is going to be what it's going to be. Obviously I'm trying to still reach that potential as well. But the dollar amount isn't motivating me because I know now and the skill set that I have, I can make more money through contracts and jobs. Mm-hmm. But what D4 Consulting can do is I don't know. And that's the exciting part about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing, and if unless you have any more questions, Charlie, yeah. I, I would love to like change the subject a little bit. Um, one thing I would love to hear about, and I think we just touched on it right now with what you said, Darren. We are so conditioned to like you work to make money. And now we've all hit this point later in our lives that we worked for so many years at this point, we understand our skills that we know what we're worth. What's more important? Is it the money or is it like following your dreams and being happy? And I think I'm at that point in my life where I recognize myself, like it's that like goal to be happy is way more, like it outweighs the profit that I could be making working, doing something else. Yeah. I want to hear like what your guys' thoughts are on, are on that. So you can go first, Charlie. Yeah, I I I I want to say for me it's it is that. Um and also it's being able to see that money is a, isn't a fixed point. Like it mm-hmm. isn't just like hey, I'm I'm only going to be doing this and this is my only stream of money, but it's also like okay, well what what is how are the other ways where like money can also come in and and how do, also how do I sort of work even in partnership with like, let's say with my partner and building that too. And, and ultimately like, what is it that I see myself wanting to accomplish in my life? Like for me, it, it's about starting a family. It's about um, just sort of long-term stability in that. Hey, if I have a house, if I have um, a family that I can um, provide for, that's good. Like, I don't, I don't need to buy a mansion. I don't need to buy like an extravagant car. Like it's, it's just not what I'm about. Like, that's just me personally. And so like, I, I look at it in the sense of like, I, because I have that mindset, I I know I want, I would rather be happy in my, what I'm doing just because it's going to sustain me to then be able to, to have those aspects in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, it's the same thing. Like somebody was asking me that, uh, a similar question not too long ago. And I said, honestly, my dream for myself is to have amazing relationships and be able to travel freely and just embrace those relationships the best that I can. And I feel like through my talent and through the blessings that, I, that I've gotten since, you know, being who I am, I think that is in the form of developing people. But when I'm an old G and done with trying to make money or whatever it is for myself, I would love to be able to say, hey, man, how you doing? You in Canada? Your, your, your son's going to graduate, man, I'm about to get on a plane right now. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I'm just go out there and just embrace the experience for whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? And it just, and maybe that leads to like, Hey, my kids are looking for a volunteer and they need somebody to take them on field trips. Bet, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, and have no limitations to that. And that's really what I'm excited about is just be able to make the connections, meet the people and just embrace the experience. And I've done that, you know what I mean? In a form of where I'm at now, but to fully embrace that in its entirety, that's what I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I'm kind of curious about, like what for, for you just kind of going in your path right now, like uh, I'm sure a lot of people could be inspired about, you know, wanting to start something of their own, but like also getting to hear the real side of it, like what's been challenging so far with just sort of building out this path yeah. for you? Yeah, man, no, I appreciate the question because I think what I struggle with the most is the structure of how to build a business. 
mm-hmm. how to close a client, how to continue to generate content, how to stay consistent. Um, my passion is the motivator, but there is structure to business, right? There is ways to be successful in business and there's ways just to have a passion project. And so I'm trying to take a passion project into a business. So I'm still learning the structure to it, right? Like what is sustainable and what is going to essentially driven g- generate a consistent revenue over time. And that's where I'm at as far as learning goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, to that question, to that point, like what does allow for that consistency? <sighs> you know, it's, that's a good question. I feel like it's, in a way, it's a lot of times it's time management and putting yourself out there from what I'm learning and what I'm doing. Because once I really committed, so I started the business in April of 2022, and I was like, I'm going to lean on my connections. I'm going to use my LinkedIn, and I'm going to reach out to people and be like, hey, man, I have this consulting business, and this and that, and the third. Now, at the same time, I still lack structure. What exactly is my content? What exactly are my deliverables? What what is my time frame? What do my 30-minute consultations look like? And at the time, I didn't really have any of that. I'm just like, hey, look, I'm just going to put myself out there. But in putting myself out there, I constantly got more feedback of like, hey, let me see your website. Or what is your business email? And so the more that I just kept talking about it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is something that can be sustainable or I can use the sustainability but at the same time, I had to realize that, OK, I still need to bring an infrastructure mm. um, to the equation, because one thing that I'll share that I've realized is that if you're talented and skilled at what you do, not to say it's going to happen fast, but people tend to believe that you have already done this for a while. Mm. And so when they so when they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you reached out to me. Are you ready to go March 30th and you have a two hour presentation? Uh Sure, but I don't really have that yet. And so that's what's been interesting. It's like, oh, wow, like a few reach outs actually started that conversation. And that's been something that's been a learning, uh, like a learning experience for sure. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool, man. What's, and I hopefully this helps us transition to our next topic as well. What, and I know we talk about the challenges and the struggles and whatnot, but for yourself, how has it been like this um, risk for your mental health? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the risk of my mental health is that it tests your genuine belief in yourself and it elevates insecurities that you may not have not known that you have. Right. Mm. Hey, generate content. Wait, so you mean I need to stick a camera in my face and come up with talking points every week? You're saying that I should use a uh, start a YouTube channel to talk about what like, wait, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't know I had to do all that. So that has been a, has been a challenge in itself. And so then you have to start asking people for advice and telling people what you're doing, which I've learned is kind of challenging. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, so I'm a visionary coach. What the hell is that? Uh, uh, you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, wait, like, what do I say that's actually something that's attractive to people? But then I find myself in that in that category of like, wait, am I just trying to find the right words to get people to buy into it? Or do I actually believe in what I'm saying? And you have to sit with yourself with that. It's like, damn, am I ready to do this? And do I know exactly what I'm doing? I, so that does come up a lot, for sure, especially mm-hmm. being a coach. Right. I feel like I'm in an avenue that is new to one for one, not new, but like, hey, I'm going to pay five hundred dollars to talk to the dude for an hour. What? I don't know anybody that's done that before. So why the hell do you think I would pay you to do that? And it's like, oh shit, like, wait, why would somebody pay me to do that? But wait, 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 hold on. I know what I do. I know what I'm good at. So you go back and forth with that sometimes. It's like, oh shit, um, I got to tell you what my worth is and you need to know by Wednesday or you're going to go with somebody else. Like, it's it's interesting, man. So that that makes you just like, it makes you see how confident you really are and where you need to build on for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that so, re- uh, go for it. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to just ask lastly, how has it been having to be vulnerable in that sense and really like open up? It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, in my personal life, like I try to use, lead, uh, lean on therapy and counseling and just my, my peers to speak my truth out. So it's not so foreign to me when I'm out there, but um, 
it's interesting. Like, and I feel like just kind of, kind of ask some follow-up questions to that because I don't want to go just on a tangent about that. But like, it, it, I'll just say it's interesting. But yeah, you have any follow-up questions to that though? Um, I don't know if you want to jump in, Charlie, but the only thing I had to follow up was like how you said right now, like you would go to individuals and you would tell them like what you are and then you'd be like, what does that mean? It's kind of like, oh shoot. Mm -hmm. Like I got to really be confident in this like journey I'm in. I got to really believe what I'm trying to put out there. Mm -hmm. And that, and like, especially asking for advice, like that's so vulnerable, like having to open up and admit that you're like, and no, no one said you're arrogant at all, but like mm -hmm. having to admit that like, you're not the expert. How do you mm -hmm. become that expert? So that's why I want to see like, how does that like make you feel honestly? Yeah, I mean, I'll say just so I'm going too on of a tangent, it's a humbling experience because you don't know what you don't know, but that's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And coming off as like, you know, to say st to start a business, you just kind of find yourself like, hey, I'm trying this out. I'm doing something new and I'm trying something different. And, and, and it's humbling because it's like, hey, I've gotten feedback many a times. You're not quite ready yet. You probably should chill. Well, let, let, let's let you kind of sit on this a little bit before you really put yourself out there. So it's humbling to be like, damn, I have this passion, but I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I have to learn that to like really put the whole picture together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I would imagine like with with this type of role, you're you're almost like as a as a consultant for other people, you're almost as like a someone who's helped guiding conversations, guiding thought process, guiding changes in individuals lives or companies lives or organizations lives i guess uh, without this sounding like uh off-putting i guess like what what makes you different like i guess what what makes what makes your approach or even your personality or, or just kind of your what you're offering um yeah. different from i guess what people may be used to seeing yeah and you know what's interesting about that is I don't know what is so much different, but what I know I excel at is I can see what people would consider chaos and I create structure around it. Mm -hmm. So what other people are doing as far as business coaches go, I don't know, but I've had many a conversations over a long period of time serving in various coaching roles where somebody is like, I don't know, and this is that, and this is that, and I can't believe, and I don't know. And for whatever reason, it all makes sense to me. So I've taken what I've heard in people, I've written it down, I close my eyes, and then I throw out an idea. That has always worked, mm. right? There have been many a times where you learn and you pick up stuff, but it's always worked to just say, so what I'm hearing is this, and it, and is it, and I always say this, is it fair for me to say that to what you just said? Mm. And as moment I get the yes, it just all starts to make sense. And I can literally see what they're talking about in order. And then we start breaking down a process that they feel that's going to be most appropriate to them. And I know that's a natural thing that I'm able to do. So anybody that's out there saying, hey, you know, like I have this business idea and I got this, that, 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 blah, blah, blah. I love hearing all of it because it's like, keep going, keep going. And then for it just comes out in my head. It's like, oh, there's a theme there. Boom. Is it fair to say that that's the theme? damn, that's the words and I'm looking for. It. And once they give me that feedback, boom. Now we got a six-step, two-step, five-step process and we're going from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> no, it no, 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 it really does. Because like, I, I mean, I I, I experience that even at times when, when I talk with you um, just one-on-one, -on -one. like when I'm trying to think through something or I'm trying to, you know, work through something myself. It's like, yeah, like I, I could see you sort of like, you start off kind of broad, you take in all the information first, and then you sort of hone in. And then you're able to kind of like, yeah, ask more deeper questions about that, reflect on that a little bit more. And yeah, I, I see even an impact when I talk with you. At, at, and, and it helps me, it helps me to kind of like, yeah, what's all that other bullshit that's getting in the way of everything. Mm -hmm. And then like, I could finally now just see like, oh, this is what it really is. <laughs> yeah. And no, I appreciate that, man. Cause I was listening to another podcast and it was actually on the pivot podcast with Brian Dawkins. And he was saying that um, he was mentioning that he, through just learning about himself and the goals that he set for himself, he developed an ability to see the end and then go back to the beginning to create the steps and put in the work to do so. Hmm. And I thought that was an excellent way of saying it because that's how I felt this whole entire time. In my personal life, I like my business practice 
is to guide people through a neurological pathway that I've set for myself. For the longest time, being the oldest in my family, not necessarily having an example that have done exactly what I've done, I've had to visualize, well, what does the end look like? How do you make 100 grand? How do you get to college? How do you have a, a family? How do you do that? And then I go back. So I see what I want. And then I just have this ability to go back to the beginning and be like, all right, so I need to call this person tomorrow. Okay, let me just see what happens when I call that person. Damn, that actually worked out. You know what? They get, sent me this resource. And then I'm just boom, boom, boom. And then I end up getting there. So I feel like I can help people with that. Mm. And it's been working so far. Nice, nice. Hmm. I mean, now it's gotten me thinking like it it it, it takes sort of a, a lot to be able to even put in the work of what you're doing now. I mean, it, it's still starting. You're still in that, you know, a little bit further from where we talked about last time, but you know, still kind of what I, I can tell in the early stages, like mm -hmm. how how do you I guess how do you allow yourself to just have the capacity to to do all of that i mean like i know you you have you have a family um you know you had your little boys growing up quick which i, I love you know and and i mean you also have your your, your own life and and, and a full-time job too it's like how do you make it work i mean just kind of speaking on the, sort of like the mental health side of it like mm -hmm. that's a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've gotten that feedback a few times like, damn d4 you're doing a lot and for me, I, I mean, and I'm still going through my path. But I don't see any other way. Like, I don't know what else I would be doing with my time. So the way it looks is that, you know, because I'm still balancing, you know, a, a, a job that is being transparent, 95% of the income. Like, you know, the business still has to take time. To, so in a way, I'm compartmentalizing. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. You're good. Okay. I got a pop-up saying something about my audio. But anyways, um, so what my bad, what was that? I got a, I got this thing that came up on my computer. <laughs> Tell me how you're managing everything. Yeah. Oh, so basically what I do is just plan out the day. Like I, I I essentially apply my own practices to what my days look like. So today's what? Thursday, I'm looking at next Sunday to be like, okay, where can I put in the time to actually devote to myself and separate that from my responsibilities? And, and that's just essentially what I do. I've always prioritized the things that I need for myself, the working out, the eating right, going to buy a certain product for my uh, particular health, you know, diet things that I do. So yeah, I just, I just make it work, bro. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but just when I see the days like, all right, three hours there, two hours there, shit, I got five hours this time. Let me just go hard on those five hours and then the responsibilities fall where they fall. Yeah. Are you trying to say that you're ha you're looking to have like the the longevity of like let's just say a LeBron, you know, just trying to <laughs> trying to care trying to care for your body, trying to make sure you're eating right, taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. you have that longevity? Hell yeah, bro! And it's funny because I was listening to Rob Deerdeck. You know, y'all know him. Like, um, I don't know who that is. Ridiculousness. You don't know him? He's a famous professional skateboarder, dude. Yeah, skateboarder. Oh, okay. Robin B. Yeah. oh okay okay yeah, no, no, yeah. No, okay, okay. dude is deep man like dude know what he's talking about yeah and so he had brought up this concept that i feel like i've unconsciously been doing is like he said nobody actually plans how long they're trying to live and if you really compartmentalize the different aspects that it takes to be healthy and the things that i want to do for my life he said i feel like i can make it to 109 years old or some shit like that right mm. and it was interesting to me because it's like yeah if I'm putting all this work to be able to be a, a, a cognizant, active father, uh, somebody who's showing up for my clients, somebody who has the time management skill to, to be sustainable, what would that actually look like in the future? And I, so, yes, I thought about that, like, because I've always had the idea of I don't want to retire. If I love what I do, I don't want to retire from the life that I have. So I'm trying to find these different ways of like, hey, how can I be sustainable, create a process that gets me to that end goal. And I feel like I can keep it kicking to at least 90. So I haven't fully put in like, hey, I'm going to be 96 or nothing like that. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, shit happens, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, yes, if I continue with this process and I'm at a certain weight, I'm reading a certain amount of books, I'm doing a certain amount of time in my exercise, yes, I should be able to show up 
more times than not every single day for the the passion that I have in life. And absolutely, I look at it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I I don't know if if this is uh if you're okay to share this. I, there was something you were telling me like like a couple of weeks ago about like this was going to be like the year of healing for you. Um, and 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 the concept that you applied with it, like the practice that you're actually doing for, it, I thought it was really cool. Um, are you if you're if you're okay to share it? Yeah, 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 man. So you know, with a lot of folks, we all go through things that I feel like has tested our mental health, has tapped us emotionally, and for myself, the way I react to things that really get to me is with anger. You know what I mean? I've learned in my own sessions of you know with counseling and therapy is that I hold a lot of stuff in. And when I hold it in, I find myself like irritated with not even realizing that I'm irritated, right? And so once I came to the resolution or the conclusion or whatever word is of like, okay, I am tapping on my anger side a lot more than I should be. I created what's called a, a, a self-healing calendar for myself. So I prayed on it and I said, for me to physiologically change my neural pathways from being so irritated and angry all the time, I'm going to give myself a full year of trying to heal 85% of the time. And so literally I do my check-ins and it's a form of meditation. I wouldn't say I'm sitting there with my knees crossed or my legs crossed and like meditating, but I'm very conscious about what's in me. And I'm realized that my meter of like of my temperature meter of anger, it goes up and down, right? Just various things. You know, it's hard to have a toddler, you know, navigate this single parent life. So changing a diaper and having to run to work and having to do a client call, that raises my meter sometimes. So I'm very conscious of like, you know what, what are the things I can do to lower that meter? Let me take a break in between changing diapers and actually let me put, let me call this person and say, give me 45 minutes. We're going to push that back a little mm -hmm. bit to, to lower that meter a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when I continue to do that throughout the day, I check in with myself at the end and say, I'm a lot more calm than when I started that day. I'm a lot more calm than when I started the, the day before. And then I'll count that as a day of healing. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to look at my phone at the end of the year and to hopefully have had enough days on that calendar where it equals up to 85%, which I believe is going to change my neurological pathway to make it a habit of just, I'm healing every day. I don't have to force myself to go on a walk. It's just, it's part of it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to regret that I didn't work out today. I just do it. And I believe that's going to help me in my healing and uh, take me to a whole nother place. So yeah, man, I appreciate you asking that. Cause that's something I just prayed on to be honest with you it's like if you need to change d4 this is what it takes and then i'm came i came up with this 85 percent mm -hmm. why is it not 95 or 100 percent? i don't know i prayed on it and 85 percent is what i came to so we'll see if it works yeah i Just love <laughs> i love how you said all that because one that connects back to like the book we're actively reading right about the habits and you're basically Absolutely. establishing this new like lifestyle of like new habits you want to make it like come subconsciously right it's like it's automating at that point for you. you're not forcing it it's because of a certain cue you're already doing it mm -hmm. right and like you said like that cue for you is recognizing like oh your stress is get your stress and frustration is getting up I'm, i need to calm myself down yep. and you get to that result right and that's how i react and i love mm -hmm. that you're already, you already like actively make that part of your life my question for you now and i, and I know we offline about it right before this recording when it comes to mental health and everything you said right now like your response is very taboo for people in our culture right like like as like minority men talk about mental health and taking care of ourselves what has that like growing up how's that how has that experience been for you for you to make that transition and like revelation as to now as like as an adult man i mean to, to simply put it is i i needed it to happen yeah. Right. I feel like I grew up very similar to others where validation of what I was doing was very important to me. And in trying to be validated through others, it, I wasn't getting it. It was it was just like it's hoopla or it's you you thinking too much. You're reading in between the lines too much. And I would take that feedback and internally not be OK with it. Like, nah. You know, I know that this is my my parental figure or this is my favorite cousin, but they're wrong. You know what I'm saying? So I just really tried to just simplify it and be like, I need to do this. And I've just started to move toward that place of like prioritizing myself in that sense. 
And I think sometimes that's taboo, right? It's like, oh, well, you're thinking about yourself only and don't you have all these other things going on? And it's like, yeah, but health is wealth. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I don't do this, again, like I just shared, that temperature meter is high and I, I don't want to be that. You know what I'm saying? I've seen myself angry. I've seen myself at a place where it's like, I went to sleep at the right time and I've taken all the appointments and I've been available for people. And when I'm not checked in with myself, that shit does not help me. So I had to just prioritize myself after a while. And then when I start doing that, which meant doing a lot less, I'm 100% in when it comes to clients or, or my son or whoever it is I'm dealing with. And so, yeah, I have to just prioritize like, no, I need this. And whatever it looks like to people, it is what it is. Mm. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. Um, I think for me, like it, it doesn't show up necessarily in anger for me. I think when, when I can really sense like my mental health is off it's it's probably when i notice like i'm i'm trying to do way too much and i'm i'm also like trying to justify like oh you know like it it, it needs to get done or like this can't wait essentially or mm-hmm. like all these things are equally as important where like i'm not really sort of balancing it out anymore and then it starts to come up for me like as an urgency as in stress um and anxiety and, and because of that, like, I, I think what I've really been reflecting on lately has been, you know, like, even though there are things that in my life, like I enjoy, and, you know, I, it's stuff that I want to do, it, it still comes at priority levels, where, yeah, I mean, I, I probably enjoy this a lot more than that. And maybe I need to do more of that, and still less of the other thing, as much as I, I want to try to justify, yeah, it's still a good thing in my life, because it's not you know, stressful, or it's enjoyable to do with other people. But it's like, you know what, I can't do everything. And I shouldn't try to do everything because it, that taking on too much is just going to just overwhelm me. Yeah, yeah. Man. And just giving yourself that grace of that of this is what I actually want to do. And that's been helpful as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for you, Marthy? Um, I relate to Darren a lot about like, kind of getting frustrated a lot when you're stressed I think that was the environment I grew up in right like when you got upset or like impatient or frustrated you just always respond with anger and that was just something very natural to my culture so when I became aware of that like going to college and becoming like a young adult myself I realized I didn't want to be like that so I tried to adopt a more like calm approach of things tried to like process what I'm being told and kind of prepare myself which is isn't the most healthy because it makes me a little bit more anxious which I'm like abandoning now but my personality now is more like go with the flow and expect the like don't expect unexpected let it happen Mm -hmm. and react Mm -hmm. to it naturally like don't have to like always be on edge preparing myself because like growing up I was always taught like hey when you sit down in a public area whether it be like a restaurant always be facing the door you never mm-hmm. know what's coming in, right? And I still right, naturally right. do that now. Like I, I went out with my friend a couple weeks ago for dinner and he was sitting on the side of, where the, he was facing the door and I asked him like, oh, I don't know why I asked him. I just asked him like, oh, can I take that spot? And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. And I took it and he's like, why did you want that spot specifically? And that's when it hit me I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's because I like mm-hmm. watching the door. I like mm-hmm. seeing who comes in mm-hmm. and whatnot. But it was like a safety like um, maneuver, right? So now like, I want to take things with calmness and happiness because it's just at the end of the day, not worth the level of stress to get angry about something because you can't control what you can't control. It's more important to control what you can. And that's how I, I react to life now. I just like want to control what's in my power and what's outside of my limits is not my responsibility. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I appreciate you saying that Martin, because I actually want to correct myself a little bit about like, you know, thinking too far ahead. Sometimes I'm actually, not to say I don't do that because I think it's a strength of mine, but I am trying to be more conscious of being present and being okay with what today is and then figuring out tomorrow when I need to figure out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, from a personal standpoint, that's what I'm working on. Business-wise, you do kind of have to find time because I'm, I have a lot of responsibilities. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. But I have noticed that there is just a different awakening or just sense of awareness, I should say, when you're like, Thursday is Thursday. I'm going to do what I'm going to do today. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to figure out tomorrow. That has helped a lot. And it kind of helps with just those different anxieties and different things. So again, I'm still on a path as I'm saying that now, 
but yes, I do relate to what you're saying because a lot of that stuff can get in your head and it's like, and I really need to worry about this. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So yeah, working on being present is something. It sounds cliche, but it, it's a real thing, bro. I think you're literally using a different part of your mind that is not tapped to in the top tap into as much when you're constantly planning what the next couple of days are going to look like all the time no you're totally right like and that's an exercise i want to like you know um improve as well like just being really present in the moment like whether it be talking to my friends whether it be just like um working out just like almost get into that flow state right like you're yeah. getting in the zone and you're like mm -hmm. you're letting your body automate and react to it versus like thinking about it too much and i know i was telling charlie about this early like I really think too much in my head and I don't feel my body. Like I need to like yeah. get out of that thinking stage and really like shift it downwards. And that's something right. that I'm trying to actively get to. Yeah. And learning that overthinking is protecting yourself from not trusting yourself is something that I learned, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, if I overcompensate every single possible thought ever, then I can avoid not trusting myself. But sometimes being present, present means I don't trust myself right now, but why? And sticking with that feeling. And what, I'll tell you this, because y'all you, you, asked a question about like, you know, in, when I'm doing the business and some of the things that come up with it, what I realize is that I get a feeling in my chest that it's like, this feeling represents embarrassment, right? It represents like, oh shit, like my heart's pounding real fast. Oh shit, I don't want to really, uh, I don't want to do that. So I find a way to like move, maneuver with, with avoiding that feeling. But I'm learning it's like, okay, there's something about what I actually want to do with myself that's making me feel embarrassed. What is that about? And then just being in that moment of like, oh, okay, it's putting myself out there or making this phone call or not knowing what to say in the moment, but it's sometimes okay to do so because addressing it changes the, I keep saying the same stuff, but like it changes the neurological pathway of like, now that does not equal embarrassment anymore. And you can actually progress through Versus trying to come up with all these scenarios that like, all right, I'm going to avoid embarrassment every way that I can go. So yeah, man, I relate to you on that. One. Oh, yeah. And you're right. It's like so difficult to kind of break something that's already been conditioned in your brain. Right. Yeah. So like you going back to saying like the neurologic like sense behind it is so true. Like you're trying to break those habits. You're trying to break that natural behavior of like, whatever it be like overthinking, overcompensating, just like that preparation that your body naturally has been doing for years. Mm -hmm. and like getting to that moment where like you do trust yourself and like I love how you said that because I didn't realize that like that's true for me like yeah. I don't trust myself sometimes that's why I'm always preparing because I'm afraid of what my natural reaction might be and I think that comes back to me being a people pleaser because I'm afraid of like mm -hmm. offending someone for how I truly feel and that's not fair to myself and I owe it to myself to like be honest because like there's sometimes my friends might say something and what I wish I said, I didn't say because I'm trying to be cognitive how they feel. But at right. the end of the day, like I should prioritize how I feel. And if someone says something I didn't like, I need to say it. Right. And that feeling is never going to go away. It's still like, yeah. I wish I would have said that. And you would somehow bury it. But then it comes up again. It's like, damn, I wish I, I, I wish I would have said something. And then after a while, like you said, it's like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm mm -hmm. just going to screw up and just say this shit. And I, excuse mm -hmm. my language, but like, <laughs> it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. So, and I'll just, again, I'm really riding with y'all right now. You know, this is what we do. Yeah. So the other day, right? Go for it. Um, my parent, me and my family are trying to go to this trip in, um, you know, back east, whatever, to go see my uh, my mom's brother or whatnot. And so I realized through my therapy sessions that my family passed down financial insecurities that weren't necessarily my own, right? I grew up like, man, you better buy the cheapest shit so it lasts the longest so it can go as long as it can go, right? And that's not necessarily how I felt about money, but you get conditioned to hear that enough. It's like, well, shit, man, like, go get the cheap syrup. Don't get the good syrup. I can deal with, like, you know, whatever it is, right? And so I, so what happened was I was pre-approved for a credit card, right? And this credit card came with an annual fee of $95. However, it came with all sorts of different bonuses and different, all these different things, right? And so my mind immediately goes like, man, I ain't trying to pay $100 a month or $100 a year. But I'm like, wait, do I feel that way? Or is that something I've always thought? Like, I'm not trying to pay for no credit card or whatever the case is. So I remember being in the moment and being like, you know what? This credit card is going to represent a financial gap that's going to help me and my family be able to afford certain things on this trip. And guess what? 
we're going to figure it out to pay it off. Because mm -hmm. if I really sit there and think about it, I have the money to pay it off, but I've been conditioned to think, nah, you're going to get into some more debt. Now you got a hundred dollar bill that's going to come up every year. And now you, and, and but what it was going to, what I realized in the moment was this is going to prevent me or make it harder for my family to have a once in a lifetime experience for a $95 that I'm going to go in for it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of thinking super far into it. So I went and got the credit card. We're going to buy some flights and we about to go have a good time. And I'm going to figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. so that's just an example of like, I would have thought very differently if I would have sat there and thought of every single angle and Dr. Strange that shit and it would have been like, nah, you know, uh, nah, I don't get the credit card because of nine reasons why I can't afford $95 versus in the moment, I want to make sure that my family feels financially secured to go on a trip. Let's go do that. And then we'll figure it out after that. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. It's real, real life experience that that's happening for you. And in a way, I think it, and kind of it brings us to sort of our next um, section of our pod, which is like a food for thought. And and I think, you know, having our discussion throughout today, you know, the, I think that food for thought could be surrounding the topic of like, what's a habit that you want to work on breaking? Um, I mean, you may have kind of touched on it a little bit already, Darren. Um, you know, are there other habits that you're, you're kind of seeing for yourself? Either something you grew up with, something that you've just been doing for so long you're like damn it maybe i want to break this habit <laughs> like anything that's coming up for you yeah first thing that comes to mind is stop being worst case scenario 100 mm. um i've just learned how to do that through no fault of anybody it's just what's the worst thing that can happen uh, and then you just and then you're almost looking at the bottom of the situation versus the potential of the situation so i'm definitely working on that just be like look best case scenario is blank 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 and so let's look at it that way and not even think about worst case scenarios. So I'm trying to break that habit because I feel like it's kept me sheltered. And again, no fault of anybody else's, but I don't know. I just don't want to live life scary no more, bro. Like mm. at the end of the day, and I think this is what people don't like to say. And it's, a, you know, especially when you have kids and all that stuff, it's like we all have an end date. And if how I live my life doesn't allow me to live that fully, then I probably need to look at how I'm living my life because technically I can't do nothing about that end date. I saw something that said, you got your beginning date, you got your dash, and you got your end date. Everybody, what are you going to do with that dash? You can live a certain way or you can live a different way. But however it goes, you still got the end date. And sometimes reconciling with that just puts stuff in a perspective to be like, well, why is worst case scenario a safer process than best case scenario? Because I can get in the car tomorrow and put my seatbelt on and leave at 7 a.m. when nobody's on the road and still some bullshit happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... It's just, like, I know I don't want to try to sound too morbid or whatever, but I'm trying to give y'all like real practical thoughts of why people don't do this and why people don't live in the moment, why they overthink, because they're trying to be safe and scared and you can't really do anything about it. So that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to get away from worst case scenario, because no matter what, all I can do is control that dash and everything else is going to fall into the place it's going to fall into Maybe that's a, that's gonna be the title of the episode. Control that dash. <laughs> um, it's a good title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think for me, like a habit, like it kind of actually stuck with what you were bringing up earlier about that whole like people people pleasing aspect of it and just kind of speaking your mind. Like I feel like more often now, like the more I feel like I'm able to speak my mind, um, not only to just like certain people, but like to to all, if not most people, um. Because I start to feel like it, one, it's not holding stuff in for me, but it's also I feel like I'm I'm just this is just genuinely how I feel, and especially when I I, I see that, especially when it comes to stuff that it, it may impact other people, but it doesn't really impact me. Um, like it could be I don't know something going on in the world, something happening in the workplace or whatever, where it's like, dang, this is really impacting a lot of other people, and as much as like I'm. I, I, I want to support them as much as I want to really be there um, sort of in, you know, connection with them, whatever the case may be. I don't feel necessarily the same way. I'm not impacted as much like that. And I, it, it may sound, you know, insensitive or rude or whatever, but I can't care for everything. Like if I were to care for everything, then I'm, I'm literally going to be just overwhelmed and exhausted and just tapped out. Like there are certain things where I will really, really like push for, strive for, advocate for whatever the case may be, like have strong feelings for, but I can't have that for everything. And I'm just, I have to be real with that. Yeah. 
true yeah like what's it called like stretching yourself too thin right yeah like, that or just like the fact of, of just like caring for everything means you care for nothing you know it's just like mm-hmm. i i just honestly like i can't say that i i care for everything i can yeah. i don't want to fake it either because i'm I just yeah. being being disingenuous yeah because uh, you don't want to put minimal it. effort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i like that True, bro mine piggybacks off darren i feel like darren and i are like relating a lot in today's mm-hmm. episode is like i don't want to be afraid of like living my life and making experiences like what you said about that credit card thing i related to that because like that's how i, I was like looking at flights or Airbnb for my upcoming <laughs> trip, I was kind of like, all right, I can fly in at this time and arrive at this time for cheaper, or I can arrive at a much better time for like $30 more. It's only $30. And then my comfort levels will be increased. I'm going to be safer. I'm going to be like in a better mood. Like, why do I want to like do this for to save $30? Like I can mm-hmm. make that up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I feel that or like, where we're looking to rent it's like okay we can stay outside the city for a hundred dollars cheaper or it can be right in the city for a hundred dollars more and you're in the city like think about the time you're gonna be taking for public transportation mm-hmm. the money you're gonna be spending like like why why like set myself so thin and i think it's like how i always grew up right what mm-hmm. you said about like the the no-name brands for like syrup that's like how it was for us for like cookie <laughs> like we went like the, the soda we drank we didn't drink coca-cola we drank shasta cola you know what, shasta, you know what man, i'm saying bro they great value bro great value though and they were giant shasta. leaders that's not what i want yeah, yeah yeah and like like growing up it was like 99 cent store dollar tree stuff mm-hmm. which is totally not knocking it you know you gotta do what you gotta do but like that's yeah. that was a mindset or like when we went to fast food restaurants if they had like a family bundle deal where it's like i I forgot the time mcdonald's had like what four hamburgers four fries and like drinks for like 10 bucks like that's what we were eating or like del taco had like the the fiesta pack which had like six tacos six burritos for like 9.99 like that's what we ate on the weekends or like little caesars you know what i mean like we always settled for what was like affordable to take care of us but like Mm -hmm. and that's also you know it could be it's a privilege to afford more of course but yeah Mm -hmm. if you have the means to like spoil yourself a little bit more like maybe get a domino's or a pizza hut or go to in and out instead of like going to mcdonald's and settling for like that one dollar burger bro (laughs) we can make a whole podcast on that because like bro i'm 100 with that and like you said it doesn't mean that people aren't in different financial circumstances i appreciate 100 what my parents did for me Mm -hmm. but there are indirect effects that are not your pressures that are come from other people. And that's all I'm really trying to speak to is like, hey, my parents granted me the opportunity to attend college, to believe in myself and to do all these other things. It was their unconscious hope that I would not think that way because of my different situation. So if it is different and it is a little unique compared to what you're used to, I'm just trying to share to people, it's okay. You believe in yourself, you put in the work ethic, you'll make the money. Like, and that's just something that people don't say. Like, you'll make the money. Mm-hmm. You will make the money. And I say that even to myself at this moment in time. When you put your if you go full on entrepreneur, it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be take years and all that shit that they always tell you, but you will make the money. And that's what I want to say with folks, because I, I have gotten that from several individuals in my life that have been like, bro. I went all in on myself. I made no money for five months. I lived off credit cards for, for a whole year. I stayed in my parents' basement. And now I'm bringing in 300 grand in my sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to it's going work out. Like, you just got to yeah. stay consistent. And, bro, like, that, that, and that's why I'm trying to do what I'm doing. Like, I'm really good at talking to people. And now, now I don't have to put a cap on it because mm-hmm. I have a certain degree that says I'm only qualified based on my three to five years experience that I can talk to people in this way. It's like, man, fuck all that. I know what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my own value on myself and I'm going to bet on myself. So that's just where I'm at with it, man. Y'all got me going. but I know. know. Man. Drop we the get... mic, bro. <laughs> we got to go soon. I'll man. always get you hyped up on these, on these <laughs> yeah, podcasts. Bro. I, like I said, I love talking to y'all, man. Y'all have great questions. Y'all create a good vibe. Shout out to the taste of meaning. Yeah, like like I said, man, anytime, bro, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, we always appreciate having you on here. And like, you know, you become a regular and, and we're always happy <laughs> to have you on, you know, just to check in on YouTube, but also to have just these important conversations. I mean, it's things that, that that people can start to be able to 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 listen in and be able to see how like how it really can kind of shift 
even small little perspectives of of living. Um, I mean, I, I like the whole like dash thing that you talked about. It's like, how do we want to fill in that dash to where it, it's going to make it more meaningful? Um, so, yeah. Hey, man. Straight yeah. Up. Thanks, bro. I really appreciate having you on. Oh. Um, and definitely to, to our loyal listeners and our um our folks tuning in thank you so much for always always being um loyal listeners to the taste of me podcast we'll be back with another episode pretty soon um so until then continue to take care of yourselves most importantly take care of others peace